Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, if I should say maybe the Punk Rock Podcast, we have Weather Worn, and they have a new album coming up in June called Postcards. And I'm really excited by what I've heard so far, and I hope you guys will be too. Right now, I'm being joined by the important members of the band. I'm being joined by Joey and Dylan and Steve. And we're going to chat about this record that's coming up, the music videos that they have, of which I have a bajillion questions. And boys, welcome to the show. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming out with a good product. <laughs> I always like to mention that. I don't think bands realize the importance of having your the, your ducks in a row and maybe even starting off with the right ducks uh, and then and then putting them in a row uh, that if you write good songs, you record them as professionally as you can afford and you make music videos as professionally as you can afford, chances are you're going to be taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> you know, and then you hire somebody like Mike to, to spread your word around, you know, I mean, geez, Louise postcards. Speaking of which, let's let's go through this. What is Postcards? Because there's a couple of big things. Number one, it's your sophomore album, which means number two, it's your second album. So that's always the big one, right? You come out with your debut album, everything is exciting. Now it's time to write another album. What was the decision? What did you guys come up with? Um, decision for the just like uh, for the title or. Just in, in general, it's a big conversation. Do you do a repeat of album number one? Do you try oh. something new? Uh, have, has enough changed between album one and album two that you don't even have to have that conversation? There's like, you know, I'm not saying I there was... A lot has changed between album one and two. Like, you started yeah. out album one pretty much all on your own for the most part, right? Like Yeah, um, album number one was actually um, solo. And then uh, right around when we started picking up playing shows, went over to full band and then this is the first album with full band involved. So, okay. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of change. Yeah, A lot of change. Okay. So then Joey, you are weather worn. I mean, obviously the other guys, you know, they're important too, I think, but so, <laughs> how did you orchestrate a first album and what was your, your process to get you to where you are now? Um, you know, honestly, been uh, writing and playing in bands for about, let's see, roughly 15 years now, I think. Um, Weatherworn started off as a solo project, um, did a lot of writing for LP1, recorded with John Nicolario in uh, New York. Um, you know, a lot of that album was just a collection of songs that I'd had um, that I wanted to get out there. So, you know, wrote those, recorded them. Um, reached out to friends afterwards to get the live band together and then um you know we've really just kind of rolled from there you know wrote um second album um with the thought of a full band expanded some parts uh just that would be manageable i guess with five people specifically and then uh, <laughs> yeah went from there <laughs> you know yeah manageable so. with five people i always wonder about that um so it sounds like it was pretty easy, actually, for you to go from being the lone guy to many hamsters in the cage. That usually doesn't work out. It, it helps that Joey kind of, like, puts gives, like, the band a really, like, 
he goes through and when he writes the songs, he's got everything pretty much written like a bare bones version of everything. And then everybody kind of comes in and like manipulates it and makes it their own and like adds or takes away. And then we just kind of build around from that. At least that's what we did here recently. So, yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to add to what Dylan said, um, you know, I think if you were to kind of define things in, in like simple definitions, I mean, that first album is really, uh, the, the core of Joey's songwriting, you know, as a, as a solo artist. And then, you know, to add to what Dylan says, um, you know, having a foundation from a core writer makes our jobs a lot easier. And there's also not a lot of creative push and pull that makes it simple and allows us to focus. And I think this album, the big difference is you still got a lot of that you know, songwriting that that's sort of a signature for Joey, but you're really just layering in the stylistic properties of us as individual musicians. So you see, you hear, you know, the drums get a little more epic, the guitar gets a little more technical, the vocals are more technical because now we've got a new lead singer that's able to layer in really cool harmonies. So that's really what it is, just building on that core songwriting and then beginning to come together as musicians. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions about getting Dylan involved was, did you just want to not have to play and sing at the same time? Or was (laughs) (laughs) pretty much, you know, I think I always loved the concept of dual vocals. Um, Funny enough, on the first album, I actually reached out to Dylan at the time to see if he wanted to come in and do some vocals as well. But uh, we didn't end up going through with that. Um, him and I were both doing like a lot of um, solo acoustic shows uh, right around the time that, well, before that was recorded. But um, yeah, it just didn't so. it just didn't work out. The first album, me coming down and doing vocals, just didn't seem didn't work out. Like a lot of things were going on. Um, I think John was not so uh sure about because you had booked everything in advance and like he was like i already got everything set up like let's just go this way and it just didn't work out and like this time around we everything just lined up perfectly and it was able to happen cool who who's on drums i don't have anybody here for drums oh um our friend adam played drums for the album oh okay if you were to say it was tune track easy drummer i wouldn't judge you (laughs) <laughs> nah, no easy drummer so. <laughs> I've been surprised before But uh, that's cool that you guys Went through the trouble of getting a real uh, Drummer and everything So I guess maybe take us through that Was this all done before the pandemic Or did you guys do this through the pandemic uh, Let's see, we did this through the pandemic Yeah um, I think most of it Was tracked between like January and March I think yeah, yeah, most of it, other than the two singles. So we went in, we went like the the first two singles, Head and Hands, and You Had Me at a Low. They were recorded before we did the rest of the album, and there was a pretty big time difference between those two. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was definitely a little different with the pandemic. You know, we did um, kind of like in clusters, um, had some rescheduling at certain points, um, different people in at different times, uh, trying to do everything just to you know keep it. Uh, covid compliant mm-hmm. yeah so and still maintain being able to keep our jobs sure <laughs> <laughs> those things that's right take us through this music video head in hands it starts off so creepy which i'm sure you guys know <laughs> and then it moves into 
I don't even know what this is where you guys are playing, but there's like a slide and then like a chart for measuring the eyes and a scale and stuff. So it's like a kid's play area where we check their eyes and their level of obesity. Um, what, what's going, what's, what is going on in this music video? Yo, take it away, Steven. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you noticed that because, uh, there's definitely a bit of a duality there. Um, you know, you have, uh, and, and, and we can talk about like kind of the happy accidents that led to specific locations, uh, on that site. But, um, you know, overall we, we kept with our game plan of having really two main settings. We have us with the animal masks. It's, it's scary. It's, it's a darker setting. It's in a, it's in a bar. So there's like shots of like liquor bottles and stuff like that, obviously representing a more mature theme, um, you know, and then we have that second setting, which was in uh, a really cool place called the Shenandoah Valley Discovery Museum, which, you know, shout out to them for giving us a killer location. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's that place sort of signifies that sort of childlike, um, you know, phase in, in, in someone's life. And so overall, the music video is really about that that sort of threshold that you cross as you become an adult and you have all of these responsibilities and, you know, we chose to use animal masks for, for a number of reasons. Creatively, though, because they were all sort of like predator masks and they were all kind of like scary and maybe even a little intimidating, um, which is, you know, can be seen in a couple different ways. I, I personally like to see the, the, the sort of predatorial masks as, as, as sort of, um, you know, adulthood s- stalks you and it's, it's always going to catch up. Um, you know, Joey can certainly elaborate more on the meetings, uh, meetings there, but, uh, but that's really the, the, the general sort of idea behind it is, is that duality. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's deep stuff, gang. <laughs> I was just reading some esoteric literature last night on the psychological construct that we've built into our heads that we are told that we're not old enough. And then we're immediately told that we're too old. so that that's kind of like a call back to that in my head right now of that esoteric literature that i had read about you know we have to erase the idea that we're not old enough and then all of a sudden we're too old well hold on a second i missed i missed the bus i missed the train i'm like where at what point was i the right age yeah yeah that's the psychology of two of us work in the field so it's (laughs) yeah interesting stuff so yeah Exactly. One of the books that was recommended by this particular author was Biology of Belief, uh, if you're familiar with that that book. Get, I'm not. Getting into, uh, like, we know that thoughts are all energy and, and whatever, but beliefs kind of take a further depth into the brain than an actual thought does. Uh, so what do, what does it look like if we were to actually, if we were to open up a brain and try and figure out where the belief is? So it's the biology of, of that. Gotcha. That actually sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Find it. Read it. Because um. <laughs> the argument is that we create beliefs, either being handed them in our childhood, or something happens and we come to a conclusion that then forms a belief. And from that belief, we then produce thoughts. And from those thoughts, we then produce actions. And then those actions then create a cause and effect situation in real life. Uh, which then creates the circumstances of our of our life. 
That's interesting. I'd like to read that too. Huh. Mage, yeah, very cool. yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that. <laughs> yeah. So next time you're on your way to Muncie, you can, uh, you know, <laughs> spend spend some time reading that. Uh, but not to take it away from you guys, head and hands. So you mentioned some deep stuff there. Is this is this like a moment in time where you're recognizing that I don't know, maybe you're in over your head. You got your head in your hands. <laughs> you know, kind of gearing back towards that on the uh, psychology aspect. Um, so right now I'm in school for my master's. Um, we're all getting closer to like um, late 20s, 30 years old and stuff. And I think there comes a point in time, you know, like as an artist where like a lot of focus was given towards being able to tour, playing shows, recording, you know, taking a lot of chances without thinking too much about it. Mm-hmm. And then at some point with the artistry and age comes like all of these responsibilities, different thoughts and trying to like navigate through that, I guess. And, um, you know, I know for me personally growing up, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, go to school, get a job, maybe go to school again, you know, in the college sense, maybe get another degree, all of these things to get to some type of end. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a lot that comes with that. You can end up very unhappy depending on how you get there. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. Yeah, the song's kind of like the duality between those two things. And, um, what can happen when you kind of put your passions on the back burner? <laughs> it's kind mm-hmm. of like a self-reflection to me. So, like, what I gather from it, at least from the songs, because, like, Joey wrote the songs, and I kind of, like, listened to the songs after playing them, and I've gathered my own interpretation. But it's like you're being chased by, like, like it's this whole – it's a very similar theme, but, like, you're getting chased by, like – your whole like ever all your responsibilities but it's like don't take don't you don't forget to like let go and like be be, be take you know take your inner child and let it free every once in a while have some fun don't you know yeah. don't be too serious yeah pet a microphone while wearing a predatorial uh, animal mask absolutely Just, <laughs> i did it it was great yeah <laughs> well i'm not that old but i can tell you as somebody who's 36 and someone who's put his passions on the back burner because the advice was that those passions suck and that I should go to school to do something else. Uh, there is a lot of merit to going to school, however, in line with your passions. And as difficult as that may be, just break away at some point because there's absolutely no point ending up, like a lot of people do, at the age of 40, overweight, probably divorced if you were lucky enough to get married, and miserable. Because you have accolades that are not in line with who you are. Yeah, yeah, that's um, you know, actually, I think you just summed up the song perfectly. That's uh, kind of it was yeah, kind of nailing towards you know, uh, making sure not to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Now, speaking of getting somewhere, jets to Muncie. Why do I want to go to Muncie, and why do I want to get there so fast? I'm taking multiple jets. <laughs> yeah, so um had a uh, family member who passed away back. I am in- so sorry that I introduced the song that way. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Um, hey, no, it's better. Everybody has different uh yeah, questions about that song. I laugh about it because it's always something different and then there's a really deep meaning. <laughs> so you're good. No, um <laughs> Well I figured there would have to be because what the hell is in Muncie? Yeah, um, you know, uh, grandmother was actually in that area. Um, okay. You know, a lot of that song was about, um, 
kind of on the flip side of things, I think people kind of, um, at least me personally with this song, uh, ran away from something that I didn't necessarily want to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the whole thing with age and maturity a little bit, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I just got sidetracked. <laughs> Joe, <real quick>. <laughs> I think like the Go whole concept of it. like Jet Samanti is like when you were talking to me about like the meaning of the song, like you had all this stuff going on specifically and like you were put you'd put off put off put off put off and then finally you just couldn't put off anymore and you kind of had to deal with what's going on around you and like pretty you, much you know, yeah. and and, so. and uh, it says how you the, the, how you laid it out for me so like i guess like for you jets the Muncie, especially with the title like jets the Muncie, it's like after procrastinating for so long like you kind of now now you have to hurry up and rush <laughs> to like get to where you need to be even though you don't want to be there you want to ignore it right which would be in your case you know your family members yeah you know and yeah that's deep <laughs> yeah some of these songs have deep yeah joey brings out his uh inner emo kid on on occasions <laughs> yeah well and i mean that's a, a de- deliberately physical situation but how many of us going back to you know passions or whatever else are living that in a not so physical sense All right, I'm looking up Muncie right now on the internet. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Pennsylvania? Yep. Yeah, roughly around that area, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some Quakers started it. So the people who make my oatmeal are living in Muncie. There you go. Uh, yeah, I won't say anything else about my opinion on Quakers. I'm sure that they are lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they definitely have their uh, Amish community up there as well. Oh, that's all you need to know for that. Yeah. God, Interesting. God bless. Intercourse, PA. Yeah. <laughs> you ever been to Intercourse? Been to Intercourse. It's like, all, it's like all Amish towns, and like they're really nice people, but yeah, they, they have some weird town names in PA. Mm. All right. Do you guys like PA better or VA better? Which is better, VA or PA? Ooh, I, Virginia. I, yeah, I'm from New York, and I've spent, like, I, I lived right on the border of PA at, in New York, and then, like, down here, like, PA is, like, maybe 45 minutes away again, and I can definitely say, after being to all these three states multiple times for a lot of different reasons, Virginia's way better than Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow. Depending on where you are, because, so, like, there's certain parts of PA that's great. And then there's certain parts of PA where it's just like, where am I? Am I going to get out of here, or am I going to spend all eternity here? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, so we chatted about how you got from a solo project to a full band. We chatted about the biology belief. We chatted about putting passions on the back burner. We chatted about a lot of really uh, unique things. Music video for Head and Hands. Um, is there anything that I missed, boys, that you wanted to chat about? Uh, well, the record's coming out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> record's coming out on June 4th, uh, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, it is a concept album, going back through beliefs and everything that we kind of covered in these last two songs. Um take it over why is it called, <laughs> why is it called postcards 
that's a, there's a song that's going to be on the record called Postcards, and it's the title track, and it kind of sums up everything in a way. Um, in, in in my mind, at least, it kind of sums everything up. It's, you know, the mm-hmm. sellable title, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easy to remember. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I forget who said this. Uh, somebody in the band said this. But uh, going from Still Frames, like our first album that had like the uh, Polaroid pictures, we were looking for another object that could kind of tie in. Yeah. So like when um, the name Postcards came up for a song, uh, thinking of like the whole postcard kind of kept like this ongoing. Um, yeah. Spiritual successor mm-hmm. almost the first album. Yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. also... Go ahead. There's, there's kind of like a joy, like there's a happy accident because like some of the imagery from still frames kind of transfers over to postcards and like there's kind of like a uh, indirect but direct link at the same time between yeah. the two albums. So it's like it's kind of the, it's like a storyboard behind everything that's like not like put in front of your face. Like here's the story. It's kind of like. Right now, it's kind of like a you know a loosely based like I don't want to say loosely based because there is definitely a story, but it's like if you just listen to the songs, you have to really like connect the dots yourself in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that. Well, it's also I was going to say is on brand. Like when I found out that you guys were coming out with an album called Postcards, I just thought, what else would a punk band such as yourselves call an album? Yeah, I mean, going from still frames to postcard <laughs> and having it kind of be a sequel, um, we're super lucky to work with Cassie Potish for graphic design. And, you know, she works with, you know, some of the, the big boy bands like Less Than Jake and Senses Fail. But we've kind of, you know, brought her in to do all of our branding and even help bring the story to life. And so a lot of the imagery you're going to see with this new album is going to share a lot of that same art concept mm-hmm. as still friends, but also help tie that into the overall story. So that's why this, this almost works as like a sequel to that first album and sort of a culmination of some of the story that happens in the background of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Groovy. And I apologize about asking who did the drums. I see that Mike did send me that information. I was just not looking where I needed to look. And that also might be a song on the album, too. That it was always there. I just didn't know where to look. (laughs) All right. Well, boys, that concludes my questions. Uh, So thank you so much for coming on to the uh, Emo Punk podcast today. Hey, thanks again for having us. This was awesome. Thank you. Watch.